0: during their short history you know humes have subjected other humes to death by burning hanging decapitation strangulation electrocution shooting drowning crushing racking disemboweling <laughs> and other methods far far too revolting for the delicate stomachs of this august assembly
1: <laughs> i never realized she was so
2: We don't like to boast.
1: I second the proposal. A member of such a talented race can only be a credit to any monster club. Oh, (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah, my favorite podcast is the Sick and Wrong Podcast.
0: Good evening, and welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for Antisocial commentary. I'm one of your host, e. Simon. And I'm your co-host, Vincent Price. Happy Halloween, you daft cunts. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you're here, Vincent Price. It's the, it's the uh, Sick and Wrong's Halloween show, Spooktacular. That's right. I'm back from the dead. And I'm on Tinder and <laughs> Grindr. <laughs> I bet. I'm sure you're quite successful on that. It's a pretty good Vincent Price you got going on there, Harrison. Yeah, I, I
2: I can only do it for a little while, and then it just turns into Catherine Hepburn.
0: Yeah, kind of. kind of had that whole yeah. uh, sort of. Uh, I, I mean, I it's very difficult it, to yeah, do. It was, it was, it was, I can see it being difficult to maintain for yeah. a whole hour. Yeah, it's hard. But you know, I think the visual was there. I think people at first were like, "Wow, mm-hmm. Vincent Price is on the show. <laughs> it's amazing. What a talented guy." Yeah. Anyway, uh, happy Halloween, there, uh, Harrison. It's a Halloween show going on. You know, I I use the term "spooktacular," but I'm I'm worried—is that a racist word? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. The CIA um, doesn't like it either. All right. So so maybe maybe we should uh, steer clear of that Mm -hmm. and just call it the Halloween show. Yeah. Uh, You got big Halloween plans uh, for the weekend? No, I mean I'm
2: going to. There's like some parties, but I, uh, I haven't decided yet you know man. you hate Halloween though right I kind of do yeah it's like New Year's Eve it's like there's a lot of pressure to go out and have an amazing time and you, you never fucking do it's always stupid you know
0: you know I, I kind of I think it's funny when you get like these uh, old goth dudes are like every day is Halloween amateur night you know they, they people say that about New Year's too it's like amateur night all oh, the dickheads are out yeah and it's just like yeah but I mean whatever there's shit going on you could go do that's but, true, I guess. Yeah. But it is—it is an annoying holiday because, much like New Year's, I feel obligated. Like I kind of, I kind of have to go do well, something. Well, then it's like
2: you got to have a costume. You know what I mean? You, like you can't go to one of these things without a costume. And then it's like you got to, like last year, I I wanted to be—I had—I I never have an idea for a costume, right? But last year I had an idea, and I was actually going to do it. And I wanted to be Zyklon B Arthur.
0: Zyklon B Arthur, yeah. I like
2: that. So. I was like, okay, so I, got a, I bought like a B. Arthur wig, right? And then I was going to make myself a can of Zyklon
0: B. And I wasn't really sure how I was going to do it. Yeah, I was about I, to say, how would, you, how would people know that, that it's B. Arthur inside that can? It, it, it proved way too
2: difficult, and
0: I just <laughs> gave up on it. And, and now I just have a fucking B. Arthur wig that I have no idea what to do with. Well, you could always do like a, one of those tranny kind of gender bender costumes.
2: I could, or I could do some like mod role playing with my next girlfriend if I ever get one.
0: See, those costumes, like like I, if you, you're telling me that idea, I'm like, you know what? That's an amazing idea. You should definitely do this. I think this would be great because I think it would be awesome to like go to a bar and have people just be like, what the fuck are you? You know, a, a, a few years ago, I went as Cabbage Head from Kids in the Hall. Do you, you know that? I vaguely
2: recall that. No one knows that. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. I went to a party. I actually got like an actual cabbage I bought from the grocery store and mm-hmm. I, I put a bunch of tape on it to tape it together and I put it on and it's a Bruce McCullough's character. A very obscure reference. I thought it would be funny. I remember Wackerly was like, you should definitely do this. This is a great idea. Mm-hmm. And so I go to this party. Every girl in there was like, what are you supposed to be? What, what's on your head? And I'm just like, it's cabbage. Like, it looks like it's rotten like well it's probably rotting <laughs> by now and then like the one guy that recognized it was some neck beard that you know was like probably in his mid 40s it's like yeah. oh my god that is the best costume I've seen all night so I bet you would go out to a bar mm. you'd have half you know probably 75% of the females in the bar would be like oh my god look at this guy like what a fucking weirdo but one dude would come up to you and be like Zyklon B. Arthur that's amazing yeah that's that's always what happens that's you know? what
2: would happen you know. yeah I mean plus I mean that would be the cabbage head thing would be tough because I remember Kids in the Hall. I don't even remember that. Now, it's Nobody under thirty two knows what the fuck
0: Kids in the Hall is. You I, know I thought I mean? it was such a novel idea, though. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is so great. People are going to find it hilarious. It no, it, mm. it really fell flat.
2: I I, I have a go to fallback, which is always just Klaus. Know me for Halloween. Oh, I could see yeah, that. Yeah, I, I have I a I have that. a rubber tuxedo. Put that on. I don't Do think
0: it. that would work. How many people would recognize that? Though? Not many, but. The women who recognize it are probably women that you want to have sex that's with. It's a good opener. Yeah, a no, great I, opener. I can see that working. Yeah. Why don't you do one of those uh, meme costumes? They're always topical and irreverent. What like a mic of a cat with a fucking pizza on its head, or like yeah, what, what? yeah sexy pizza rat. I can see that. Okay. Okay. Uh, what yeah. about a uh, uh, Caitlyn Jenner? I bet you that's a popular one. <laughs> Yeah, or, that's uh, that's topical. Yeah. My my favorite costume that I saw of was the hashtag. Just I'm a hashtag. It's like dude, it's just I would want to you know, honestly i This I'd is why Halloween makes somebody. you want to cut throats, you know? Yeah, that doesn't it does not surprise me that why why people hate the holiday. Yeah, there's you know, there's a few parties going on. I'll probably end up going out trying to get laid, but but you know my costume will look too stupid. What's your costume? I'm not sure yet. Okay. Uh, I was thinking of doing any costume that I tend to do is pretty simple. Mm. It's like maybe, uh, maybe I'll paint my face or I'll wear a leather jacket and some vampire thing, try to be like a Lost Boy vampire or something. Okay. I, I just don't like to put much effort into it. Right. I mean, I, I will if it's like you know I'm you know I'm dating a girl and she's like oh my god you got to do you got to be Fred and I'll be Velma or something or Daphne. Mm. I was like okay fine I'll do that. It's just as long as I don't have to put any effort into it. I just don't care. But whatever.
2: You know, as someone who goes to comic conventions, as a child, I had a huge crust on... uh, Crust? I had a huge crust. I had a huge (laughs) crush on Velma from Scooby-Doo. Why Velma? Why not Daphne? Velma is, is brainy, and, you know, you just get the impression she's open to more things. You know what I mean? I
0: always thought she was like the type of girl that would strap one on and bone another chick. She got, oh. doesn't. She look like that type. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, the the you know the whole thing about Scooby Doo, all the characters from
2: Scooby Doo being um, representing the different colleges of Amherst, Massachusetts, right?
0: I've never heard this before.
2: Yeah, it's like uh, Fred is like the Waspy College, which maybe umass amherst one of them velma is like the lesbian yeah that college. lesbian one uh, yeah
0: i forget the name of that one
2: shaggy is hampshire college which is the one where you don't get grades where a lot of a lot of people i know went to hampshire college no one i know ever finished it they go there for a year they do a lot of drugs and they drop out um and daphne's from god knows what what about scrappy do Where's he from? He's not one of the colleges. <laughs> he's he's a later edition.
0: He was he's one a, of the junior colleges. Yeah, he's a shark jumping
2: edition of a character. So.
0: Wow, who? But anyway, who, but Who came point, up with this?
2: I don't know. It's like one of those urban legends. I never. I, it, I learned it before the internet was around. But the the weird thing is, so I go to you know I have to go to fucking comic conventions a lot because I do I write comics. Well, and it's a networking to, category, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of chicks dressed up like Velma, and I'm I'm just like I'm like. Is that a fetish thing for you? Or you kind of, yeah. Oh. I see them and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. You have know, you ever? It kind of like stops
0: me in my tracks, you know. So, it- are you into the comic, uh, the comic chicks? I mean, yeah. So, yeah. have you ever had a girl that you're just like, you know, I'd be really into this. If you put on a Velma costume, I'll be Scooby. I've never done that particular one. I've done things like that you've done other costumes yes like costume characters that i would know like an x-men or something yeah which yeah. one wonder woman you wait who was wonder woman the chick okay All yeah, right. Never <laughs> that, that you never be, know harrison yeah, that would be you. horrific
2: <laughs> that would be the most horrific wonder woman you never know, you know. with you i mean uh it's true by your story you from do last never week. know yeah
0: right. um yeah no wonder woman's hot i could see that yeah did she like use a lasso and all it's that it's a good it's a good costume. I, I, I fucking use one to tell you how much. <laughs> so, you know, I learned something uh, this Halloween. Uh, you know, I was, I was reading an article about witches and uh, broomsticks. Okay. Do, do you ever know where that, that whole myth of the, uh, the witch riding the broomstick, where that came about, the origin? No. Well, what do you think that's from? Like, uh, is it just like, uh, you know, men would demonize women. At that age, you know, women that were unmarried or women that didn't want to get married, they'd be like, oh, she's a witch, you know, but it's like, where, why do you think she flies around on a broomstick? I don't know. They always
2: have women like witches, female witches riding on weird objects. Like the Baba Yaga rides around on a f- mortar and pestle and flies around in the air on it. So I don't, I don't really know where all that shit comes yeah, and,
0: from. Yeah, and like the uh, Egyptian goddesses used to do, used to ride on shit.
2: Too. Yeah, and it's always like common household items, you know what <laughs> I mean?
0: <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting. The, uh, the witch, witches mounting and riding their broomsticks actually stems from the 17th century habit of women soaking and smothering or saturating their broom handles with hallucinogenic herbs. Before shoving it up their vaginas to absorb the opiates. Oh my! Through the thin membrane. Hmm. So I think they realized, like you know, they could you know jab it in some psilocybin or something, and they would trip like I don't know, uh, two times faster if they just shoved it up their pussy. Why don't they just show it up their ass? They could do that. They probably did that too. Because yeah, you know, I don't know some chicks that you know booty bumps.
2: If you, if, you, if they do cocaine, they they plug it right. They put it it's up a, their a ass. A booty bump. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's, but you don't want to. Put it in your vagina, because you'll get a fucking yeast infection.
0: Well, I think uh, I think the thing is the, these women were just not just doing that. I think they're probably masturbating with it. Okay, you know they're probably putting it up as a phallic shaped object. They uh, mm. you know dip it in some. I mean, like like you wouldn't do that if you had a vagina. Sure, I know yeah, I would. Yeah. I mean, if I was like a 17th century lady, you know, you can only have sex to procreate. It's like you know, I got this broom. I have some psilocybin. I have a vagina. Mm. Why not just combine the three? Yeah, you know, it's. I mean, even back for then, they did have dildos, but I think only the upper class
2: could afford them. So
0: yeah, I think uh, you know, I think a lot of yeah, I think a lot of women, mm. you know, were were just like you know, housewives or whatever. The uh, you know pilgrims, they didn't have they didn't have access to these fancy vibrators, these dildos what what would what would be the ancient fleshlight <laughs> what do you think would be the ancient fleshlight would I, be? I I picture some kind of farm animal
2: I just <laughs> like going you go to the swamp and you find a frog and you just and face just fuck, fuck, fuck the shit, the shit out, out, of out of it yeah.
0: <laughs> So I think Don't uh, don't do that kids please don't do that don't hurt
2: our our reptile amphibian friends thank well,
0: you I think what we understand about uh 17th century sorcery and witchcraft and all that comes from the men we're trying to punish these women, you know, like the, uh, the preachers or, uh, uh, King James, the uh, seventh of England, like uh, some of these guys, like they wrote witch hating books right. and used to demonize these ladies like uh, smear campaigns. And so I think it was like a false act of fear on their parts. It's like, you got an independent woman who doesn't want to get married. Um, or even the idea of a woman masturbating. I mean, that's probably apostasy. I mean, don't you think that's are women were women allowed to do that? I don't think so. No, I mean, dudes. Like, there are guys now that get upset if their girl uses a vibrator. Really? Have you ever dated a girl that was like, "Oh yeah, my uh, my ex husband was upset if I used a vibrator."
2: No, and I've never dated a girl that was like upset about me masturbating. That would that
0: would upset me. But I've heard about that. I've heard about it did younger girls. Like you date younger. I no, mean, I've I've had mm. a couple girlfriends that were not pleased when they looked through my internet history, and I'm like, "Well, I'm not pleased that you're looking through my computer." Right. No one wants to look through my internet history. No, no, yeah, yeah. Just clear my browser when I die, please. But uh, no, but 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 that's the thing. It's like uh, you know, they 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 are have these misconceptions. They uh, they they feel threatened by these ladies, so they start um, disseminating these rumors. And it's just kind of it's to them they're just unsettled by the idea that a woman uh, could self medicate or masturbate or pleasure herself. Like a woman could even receive any kind of pleasure. So instead, they're like, she's a witch. Yep. She flies around on a broom. She's masturbating with hallucinogenic mushrooms, which actually sounds kind of aw- like awesome. I it mean, does. It does sound pretty good. sounds kind of rad.
2: And a, a lot of these women weren't witches. They just, you know, they knew about herbs and things and they would also on the sly provide uh, abortions and shit like
0: that. And that's know? another reason why they were demonized. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're aborting babies. And meanwhile, like you know, they would come over to burn their house down. And they come in, and she's masturbating, and they're like, "Oh, she's riding a broom." <laughs> next thing you know, anyway. So, uh, speaking of witches and uh, masturbation, uh, we have a special guest coming up next. It's a good segue, wasn't it? It was very good. The Halloween show, you know, spectacular. We have Bravo. a special guest here. Uh, we actually have Jinx Dawson from the legendary occult rock band Coven. That's right, and uh, thanks to Harrison for uh, hooking us up. How how do you know Jinx? She's a friend of mine,
2: actually. Um, I had a, a radio show in New York that I interviewed her on, and then I had a, a, a web series called Polyester Dreams that used some of her music. So I've kept in touch with her over the years on Facebook. And did you
0: just randomly like uh, email her out of the blue? yeah? I
2: randomly reached out to her, and she was you know down to interview. Um, and you know she's really interesting. She's you know practices black magic. Uh, she was in this band. She sort of ran with a lot of famous, interesting people. She was the first one to ever
0: use the sign of the horns, despite what Ron, Ronnie James Dio has to say about it. Well, you know, it's interesting about that band. Like, I don't know how many people know the, know about the band Coven. Uh, very difficult to find their records. But, uh, yeah, I've been looking for uh, their first album for years. Uh, great, Great band, though. But the thing is, like, they would do a stage show, With like a full black mass. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they would have like a full black mass. They'd have like a naked chick. They had like upside down crosses. Like, they were doing this though in like 1967, 68. Mm -hmm. Like, well before Black Sabbath ever came along. Absolutely, yeah. And then keep in mind, the first song off of their, uh, their first album, Witchcraft, was Black Sabbath. Yes. And the basis of their band was named Oz Osborne. But yet they were from the Midwest in America, mid 60s. And, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, I think they uh, had a cult following. I don't think they ever got that that huge. I mean, but they, they did open up for some big bands. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, you know, I'm sure like record execs came to America, you know, saw these different trends and were like, you know, we want a cult band. Next thing you know, they uh, form or, you know, develop uh, a new band here. And then the uh, band called Earth becomes Black Sabbath and they become iconic for creating like, you know, the devil's music. But in actuality, it happened years years earlier. True. So, um, but but a very influential band and a very awesome band. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and yeah. Jake's
2: is, uh, she's still looks amazing to it, this day. It's kind of it's actually uncanny, almost like she
0: may have actually made a deal with some demon. I think there was a Faustian pact going on oh, here yeah. because uh, you know, honestly, it's like. Back in the, you can see pictures of her because so there weren't too many videos of Coven. I mean, they they were like from the '60s. Yeah, but uh, you see pictures of her; she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, she kind of looked like uh, like a young Stevie Nicks or uh, Nico, even like you can't remember. blonde hair, stunning. beautiful, yeah, yes. stunning. But then uh, you were just showing me pictures from her uh, Facebook page. She's like what, sixty five now? Yes, dude, very hot. Absolutely she's beautiful. I mean, she's like, it, it's it's uncanny. I think there's some kind of Faustian thing going on there. Yep. And broomsticks, maybe who knows? Yeah. But anyway, I want to see if 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 we'll get this out of her because I know she's writing a book right now, so she's probably not going to tell too much hmm. to uh, two assholes to do a podcast. But I want to find out if she had sex with uh, Jimmy Page or Jim Morrison. You know, I've I read somewhere that uh, she boned Jim Morrison. I've heard that too. And uh, and like a list of other rockers. So hmm. uh, we'll see what we can find out. So coming up next, uh, we got an interview with Jinx Dawson for the band Coven. Uh, before we get to that, here's a word from our sponsor.
3: Hello there. As a busy young professional couple, we were most pleased to avail of the promotional offer that Sick and Wrong has arranged with Adam and Eve. Taking advantage of coupon code Diddle, we purchased both a Bicky Quickie Pocket Pussy and an Emperor 8-inch Vibrating Dildo. Now, whenever the horn takes us, we delegate our tawdry acts to the machines. By inserting the luxuriously strong emperor dildo into the tight folds of the pocket pussy, we let our artificial organs fulfill their purpose, while we get on with the more important things in life. More wine, dear?
4: Why yes, I don't
1: mind if I do, my dear.
3: If you aspire to the kind of lifestyle that we enjoy, why not come with us, not literally, as we visit adamandeve.com and enter coupon code DIDDLE upon checkout. You'll receive 50% off, free gifts that you can donate to Creepy Uncle Steve, but most importantly, peace of mind as you offload your sex lives to some plastic parts. Cheers. Cheers. Hello,
2: Jinx. It's Andrew Harrison. How are you? Hi, Harrison. How are you? I'm doing quite well. I'm here with uh, my co-host, D. Simon. Hey,
0: how's it going there, Jinx? How are they, How are you? Oh, I, I'm doing quite well, and thanks for being on the show tonight. I, you know, I've been a fan of your band for years, and uh, it's an honor to have you here. Well,
2: I thank you kindly. Great. So um, let me do a little intro here. Um, and then we'll get into the interview, and then at the end we can, you know, we can plug all your sites. All right,
0: sounds good.
2: Fantastic. So uh, we have a special guest here, and it's uh, actually a friend of mine, Jinx Dawson, who is a witch and a rock and roll legend from a band called Coven, whose first album came out in 1969 called "Witchcraft Destroys Minds and Reaps Souls." and coven is still around and they've had a really sort of controversial and interesting career which we're going to get into uh today so jinx thanks for joining us
4: well greetings my dearest harrison it's good to talk to it was again it's been quite a while
2: it has been it has been i interviewed you um I think maybe six years ago? Six years ago was the last time. And you some of the guys That's from Coven as well.
0: Right. Which show was that? Was
2: it your show in New York? Yes, it was. Oh, Okay, cool. So, Jinx, why don't you tell us first about how Coven got started?
4: Wow, you want my whole book right now,
0: don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a, a summary. <laughs> well, it will be in the book. Um, it It, it is a
4: long story, really. Um I did know a few people that ended up being in the band uh, before I had played with them uh, somewhat before, um, but actually I decided to do a, uh, an original band with original material, and um, my family, particularly my great aunts, were LHP, which means left hand path, and I always wanted to write songs about that, and that's pretty much how it started.
2: With the band, you would actually do, I mean, on the album, you do an entire black mass and you used to do a black mass, perform a black mass live. And that actually got you into trouble in the poli- with the police. Was that in Chicago when that happened?
4: Well, Chicago, pretty much, they were uh, pretty easy on us there. Um, we had to do a shortened version anyway on stage. We never did a 13 minute uh, mass like uh, it's on the album. But um, uh, we we did get in a lot of trouble at the um, we played the Detroit uh, Halloween Fest and um, we we only got into four songs and they said if we spoke English on stage that they would pull us off stage and I decided to speak English I was tired of speaking Latin on stage so they pulled us off in the middle of the show and stopped the entire show and uh, closed down the concert which was at uh, a very big place in Detroit and uh, thousands of people were said to go home so that was that <laughs>
0: wow so so was was the band actually satanic i mean were members of the band satanic or practitioners of the of dark magic
4: um most of them were we've had um uh, changes of of musicians over the years and some weren't quite as happy with it um uh, steve ross and oz osborne um were uh, got into the left hand path with me after i introduced it to them and then we had uh, gotten a guitar player named chris nielsen in chicago and at first he was really gung-ho and just as the record was coming out um... he wanted to leave the band he said that the occult was just way too much for him and as you see on the album as it sits now there are only three people on the album originally the album cover had his picture on there too and there were four people on that on the album cover with the skull and most people don't really know that i actually I think you're the first ones i've told this information and he left but then he came back again <laughs> so i couldn't stay away <laughs> could he
0: <laughs> you know, it, it kind of blows my mind that uh, that you guys came from the midwest which i mean just so conservative i don't think there are any other like occult rock acts at that time so i mean how are you perceived like did, did people just freak out or did you get a cult follow not
4: really because we we weren't uh, we we went to chicago pretty quickly and chicago is fairly metropolitan and and um, uh, they they were pretty accepting of us um, Uh, but you know sometimes you're right they didn't really know what to think a lot of our musician friends said oh why are you putting yourself in a box like this you know you don't want to do that don't you want to be famous and I said I I would like to really do historic works on the subject matter and um, so it it was a bit of a trying situation but I, I just felt that was the right thing to do at the time and
0: still well, it seems like in the, in the late 60s, though, you guys were so much more ahead of your time because bands like, you know, all those heavy metal acts and Sabbath, you know, Black Sabbath started, you know, doing the same thing, but like five years, 10 years later, and people thought it was really cool, even though they were, I mean, Sabbath was controversial when they came out. Right. Well,
4: sometimes you can be a little early and some, when you, you know, actually forge a path, and the first one sometimes gets forgotten. And the second one that goes down the path is the one that is remembered. So uh, it's funny, though. It seems like people have discovered us all over again, which is very interesting.
0: Yeah, it does kind of seemed to be a resurgence here, especially, like, I, I've seen Coven Records reissued on vinyl.
4: Definitely. Um, yeah, most of those are bootlegs, though. <laughs> um,
0: bootleg copies, yeah. I know I, I've been looking for an original for years, so... <laughs> but uh, so the one. My, my question is, actually... Um, Did you, because of your, I guess, satanic affiliation, were you involved with the Church of Satan or Anton LaVey or anything like that?
4: No, we were never involved with... um that group, uh, like I said, mostly mine came out of a secret society that was hiding in the midwest and my two great aunts were very involved in it, and um, they had a big mansion uh, where I pretty much grew up in that big mansion and like I said, the whole interesting, very interesting story is in my book, which I am um, pretty close to finishing and uh, it, it was involved with Masonic lodges too, and they had offshoot groups now, of course. The Masonic Lodge and, and, and that is, is is pretty tamed down. But back in those days, the secret societies were very, very strong.
2: You lived in, uh, I, I I think this was in the early 70s, if I remember correctly. You lived in a, a big house in L.A. Um, and sort of hung out with a lot of characters there, including Charles Bukowski. Did you ever have any run-ins with some of the occult set out there, like the Process Church of the Final Judgment or Kenneth Anger or anything like that?
4: no um we didn't see we didn't see any of those people they didn't show up at the house actually um which i was a bit surprised because i knew there were a few people out there but it seemed like our group was pretty much the only one that was in the music part of the industry and um uh, we had a big house where every band came over there just to see what was going on because they heard we were doing rituals and You know, that always interests rock musicians.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sympathy for the devil. So so did you play with a lot of uh, bands from that era? Like, which which bands did you uh, actually perform with? Did you ever play with the Stones? With the who? With the Stones.
4: No, never played with the Stones, but I did go on tour with them as a guest. Um... And uh, uh, I was pretty close with Ahmed Erdogan, who was the president of Atlantic Records at the time. And I went on tour with them. Um, But we did play with Yardbirds, Vanilla Fudge, uh, Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. Um, Boy,
0: MC5... Did you ever play with Iggy back then, Iggy and the Stooges? Oh,
4: yes, yes, many times. It was called the Stooges back then, um, and we played with Alice Cooper, which Alice Cooper was the band back then, not uh, Vince. Vince was not Alice Cooper at that point. That was the name of the band. Um, We pretty much played with everybody that was back then. Um, On the Midwest circuit, not much with the San Francisco bands, really. Um, But, yeah, we played with pretty much everyone.
0: Wow, was uh, Alice Cooper doing all the satanic and like the, uh, the you know the satanic imagery up on stage at that time?
4: No, when when we first started playing with Alice Cooper, they were more of uh, uh, transsexual type of bands, like you know what they what they called the tranny band back then. I don't think they like to call it that now, but uh, you know they dressed up as women and had makeup on, and um, kind of a garage <laughs> band type of a situation and. Um we actually went out to California um, with Frank Zappa. He was so impressed with the band. actually, we did a two nighter and he of course, we were supposed to be the opener on the second night he didn't he didn't want us to open he He wanted to open and get out of there because we got the bigger. Uh, applause they, I don't know Alan, Zappa didn't go over that well so we went out to LA at the same time that Alice Cooper was kind of involved with him too and Alice Cooper didn't even change to any kind of shock rock until after that so
0: I would say he was watching our show pretty close. <laughs> yeah, he was probably into it. So, so it makes me wonder. Getting back to the Black Sabbath thing here, I'm, re- I'm really interested in this. So, you preceded Sabbath by quite a few years, and you even had uh, what was the first song on uh, Witchcraft was Black Sabbath. So, wh- how did you feel when all of a sudden, like this band, like you know, three or four years later, comes out with an album called Black Sabbath, and they were a blues band? Now they adopted the name Black Sabbath, and their lead singer is named Ozzy Osbourne
4: well at the time we didn't really think very much of it bands were copying other bands at the time and we thought we were doing rather well and we were getting um, you know certain accolades and getting really nice shows so we didn't really think that much of it Um, but then when when we actually saw that there was another Ozzy Osbourne and like you said Black Sabbath excuse me and um, Uh, then actually the first song they recorded was a Crow song which was on our publishing company and they were on Phillips which was a subsidiary of Mercury so what basically happened was when we split with Mercury in the winter of 1969 um, they wanted another occult group so they actually Mm -hmm. went out looking for one and from what I understand I know that the band tells a different story but from what I was always told was that if they put that band together, they were called Earth or something like that before. And um, they made them change the name to Black Sabbath. So that's what I heard. So we, we, we weren't really upset about it until we got to Los Angeles and we played a show with them at the Whiskey and there was a little bit of a showdown about it uh, because they were English and it seemed like Americans thought English bands <clears throat> were a little more exciting than American bands. So we played one show, and we wouldn't finish the week out with them at all. We were, we were not real thrilled about the situation. But, hey, you know, that's the business, and people copy here and there, and,
3: you
4: yeah, know, guess, what can you do about it? Not what much. What do you say? <laughs>
0: Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery?
4: Well, yeah. I have said that before, but, um, you know, it would be nice if once in a while these older groups would say, yeah, we did know them, we did play with them, and yeah, we did rip them off for that. <laughs> or, or, at least,
0: or at least regard you guys as their primary influence, exactly, you know? Because I because mean, all
4: the new bands, Jesus. you know, give us props, and they're very nice and and very courteous about it, but the old bands just won't give it up, but... That's okay, you know. I think everybody really knows where the sign of the horns came from.
0: <laughs> I think a lot of that, I think a lot of that shit like that happened back then, though, because you had like guys like Malcolm McLaren that would come out here and see the New York Good, Dolls and the Ramones and then come back and be like, oh, we got to make a band like the Sex Pistols or something. You exactly.
4: Know? There was a lot of copying because it was new. It was all new. So people were, like, looking at things, trying to put things together, you know. But it's so funny how most of the musicians... Um, did really tell us our musician friends? Oh, don't do that! Don't do that! That'll that'll mess you up and everything. And then now all of a sudden, this heavy metal occult genres, hundreds of genres. It's just it's crazy how it exploded.
0: Yeah, like what do you, what do you think of acts like Slayer, like those like really hit, like heavy satanic bands like Slayer or Bathory or Merciful Fate, like from those bands that came out like in the eighties? But they, I mean, they like you know they had like blood covered and blood on stage and pentagrams on their albums. <laughs> like I mean, you guys influence that.
4: It's it's amusing. I to me, I I mean, they're doing it more like a shock rock, like a horror film. I don't think that was our intention ever to really be like that. It, it was supposed to be a, a studious work, and um, it it was coming from a place where I grew up like that. I mean, I grew up in the left hand path, and I don't I don't really think any of these other people that are in these kind of bands have ever grown up in the left-hand path or had Satanist parents or anything, have they? I mean, maybe I missed it, but...
0: Now, I, I think Tom Mariah actually is Christian. I, I don't think any of those guys are satanist.
4: I, I don't think so either. And I mean, it's funny, too. Like look at Black Sabbath. They were right side up cross. I heard Ozzy's a Christian, something of the English... Uh, England Church of England or something. And um, <clears throat> to me, that just isn't really the true situation, you know what I mean? It's like they really didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> that's they, they, okay, they
0: sold some records. Yeah, they people wanted to sell like, some records, it sounds eh, like. Yeah,
2: you know, people like them and then that's okay, that's great, you know? <laughs> what happened with you guys in Mercury Records? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. What happened with Coven and, and Mercury Records, the split? Can you talk we, a little we bit about that? We both
4: agreed to split ways. Um, uh, they were getting so many letters and calls into the office, Uh, about how these I don't know church groups I guess and other groups that we were going to I guess taint their children and letters I mean hundreds of letters were coming into the office I remember taking boxes of them out wondering what I was going to do with them and um Uh, what happened was the album was pulled also because the Manson murders happened at that similar time that they pulled the album in late 69 they didn't actually pull it but the the record stores were made to sell it under the counter and they couldn't display it anymore I mean they were getting hassled by I don't know all sorts of groups and then people were canceling our tours and so we just decided that they weren't standing up for us enough and we had played like i said with uh frank zappa and he said oh come on out i'll sign you to bizarre records so we just we left chicago and just went on to los angeles in, in 1970 early 1970. wow
2: and then you did and then after that that's when you did uh that the hit song "One Tin soldier for the movie billy jack right
4: yeah, that's that's kind of a long story too. I mean, we we got stuck out there at the Tropicana Hotel, which was a rock and roll crazy hotel at the time, and um, we uh, uh, we we didn't eventually get signed to Bizarre Records because it seemed like he had Alice Cooper in there, and he was kind of trying to change Alice Cooper into what we were doing, and, and so we. We are just kind of sitting there doing nothing, and we were used to playing all the time. In the Midwest, we were on tour all the time. And um, so we got this offer to do uh, a movie title song, actually, just my voice, to do a movie title song. The rest of the band didn't play on the original soundtrack, and uh, it was for some big money. So I thought, okay, I need to help feed the band and keep us here so we can see what we can do. And um, I went ahead and did it, and I, I had no idea. I mean, I thought it was just a B-movie anyway, and um, I didn't think that it would do anything as far as a record. And then all of a sudden, here's this hip-hop record by the, the LHP band Coven, which really made no sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: LHP. But band. in a
4: way, the, the words are about the Templar story. So in a way, it was kind of funny. It, it did make sense in a small way.
0: So, uh, Jinx, you toured a lot with Alice Cooper and Iggy Pop and those guys. Were you ever, like, romantically involved with any of them? Oh, you want to know all the details, huh? Yeah, I, want the, I want the juicy bits here. Well, you're going to have to buy the book because the list is so very
2: long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <All> right, give, <laughs> so us give us a hint. Give us a little snippet. It took two
4: hours to, uh, you know, give you all the names.
2: Give us, a, give us a tidbit or two. Yeah, like, what
0: about Iggy? Did you ever have sex with Iggy? No, I, I, he didn't do anything for me sexually. What about um, Jim Morrison? Um,
4: you know what, I met him, um, because we recorded Electra uh, around 1970, uh, late 1970, and he was like kinda chubby and drinking yeah. a lot at that time and Bloated. falling on the floor a lot, <laughs> you know, just before he went to Paris and, you know, rest in peace, but whatever. Um, and he was, yeah, I mean, I don't even think he could have sex at that point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he wasn't all that attractive towards the end there. of like Elvis. <laughs> so what about Alice? Did you have sex with Alice? Oh my, oh, are you really, are you going to ask me this? Of course not. <laughs> come on, I mean, I have better taste than
4: that. <laughs> he was kind of cool. I
0: don't, yeah, I always thought he kind
4: Oh, kinda... no, man, come on. <laughs> My dudes were like John Lord and Deep Purple.
0: Oh, yeah, that guy's mm. cool.
4: Roger Taylor, the drummer for Queen. Oh, yeah. Johnny Depp. Brad Pitt. <laughs> you oh, like, really want me to know everybody? Because you did Cool
2: World with, with Brad Pitt, right? Yeah,
4: the, the, the violin player from The Flock, who was in and he was pretty hot.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I yeah, like love list list You want me to get the list? What, what about any of the guys from Kiss? No, seriously, really.
4: <laughs> Are you serious? Come on. I mean, and you know, and you probably know that story too. That um, there, there would have been no kiss had I made a certain decision. You do know that, right?
0: No, wait. I, I didn't hear about this one. I didn't either, actually.
4: Oh, it, it's actually got a little small paragraph in the history book, whatever that book was. Um, but we were offered the Casablanca deal with Neil, Neil Bogart before Kiss ever came into the picture. And um, if you look on our 74 album with Buddha, because he was president of Buddha and he was leaving and starting Casablanca Records, and he wanted us to go over with Casablanca, Um, we had the clothes, I had designed all the clothes that looked very similar to Kiss, but not as outrageous as Kisses ended up being, and um, we also wore a lot of makeup, but not the masky looking makeup, And um, he, Neil, wanted to paint white faces and, um, you know, put put some kind of makeup on. Um, So he had these drawings. And I was like, no, I don't think we really want to do that because we had had our faces whited out for the second album that we had. So we didn't want to do any white-out faces anymore because we assumed they could just change all the musicians and take all the money. So we didn't go that way. But you think about the cat in Kiss,
2: Yeah.
4: all right? Think about the makeup on the cat, which which I can't even remember which player that was, Peter Criss. Peter Chris. Peter Chris, Peter Chris, yeah. Chris yeah. Okay. Now doesn't jinx the cat come to mind there?
0: <laughs> wow, yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's interesting. Did were you were you friends with those guys? Did you know those guys?
4: You know, I I only really ran into Gene a couple of times, um and we saw them going up to the offices with Casablanca when all that was started and we turned down the 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 deal um, to do that and then um, all of a sudden you know we were still friends with Neil Bogart at that time so we went up to see him a few times and um, we'd see these guys coming up that were going to be in the band that he's trying to put together to make the band that he wanted to do with us so I did run into him a couple of times. And it's so funny how they really forgot about me. <laughs> of course, he said he did the sign of the horns, too, first. Didn't he, Gene? Didn't he say that? <laughs> I think he did it. Didn't he do it third? I mean, it was me first. Then it was Dio. Then it was Gene Simmons. But I think there were some other ones in there, too.
0: <laughs> so, so Jinx, do you still keep in touch with the other members of Coven?
4: Oh, I'm actually going to go see the um, the original drummer tomorrow for uh, Halloween, Yes.. Mm-hmm.
0: Nice. So is there would you ever do a, re- a reunion show at this point? Have you done any reunion shows? Um, you know, they
4: they uh, have been asked. I have asked them to do it a million times. Um, they really don't want to. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to. So there's going to be some news in the near future about that.
0: Wow. I'm, yeah, I'm stoked. I would love to see you perform live. Definitely. Yeah, we, way, we, way before my time. We've had different time.
4: players all along, and I always like New Blood anyway. So, I mean, there were two other originals besides myself. Well, actually three, I guess, Chris would be considered. And, and, and Rick Dureth, the organ player, too. He was actually interested in doing it. And he may end up going out on this tour that's coming up, but... Um, as for the other guys, I don't. I don't think they're going to. Um, it's going to be mostly new people.
0: Wow. Well, I, yeah, I think right now with the uh, you know the resurgence in, in popularity, I think it'd be a big show.
4: Well, yeah, I think it'd be uh, we do have some plans coming up. The, like I said, in the near future, I, I tried to get this kind of going last year too, and the year before. I've been asked to play so many shows. Um, but like I said, I thought, well, do I want to do it with the old guys or do I want to get Fresh Blood? And I, I kind of really decided I wanted, wanted to get Fresh Blood, too. Um, and just because, I don't know, I, I've, I've, I've gone into some different types with the music and, and production uh, values than what we had before.
0: So I'm well, excited about it, actually. Yeah, I, yeah no, I'm stoked
2: uh, I think my, um, the ideal tour, here's the, the ideal tour for this, in my mind. Uh, coven, Pentagram, Blood Ceremony,
0: Jexthoth. That would be amazing. Yes. That would be a great lineup. I would...
2: All right.
4: Well, are you putting that together? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, let's, let's work on that. Let's That's work on sounds that sounds like it'd be good. Yeah All right. Well, Jinx, can we? Uh, so, wait, when's your book coming out?
4: um as soon as i finish the very end and and like uh add some more sexual partners to it maybe <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that see that's what i'm that's what i'm interested in i'm going to i'm going to read that 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 sounds great and uh can we promote anything else or do, do you have like a website or anything
4: um pretty much i put the information on facebook or the, the Coven facebook page or my personal page jinx Dawson. um you You can pick up music from amazon iTunes, or i right now I am signing some things on eBay that I sell, but of course, when I end up going on the road, that won't be happening anymore. <laughs> You'll have to go to a show to get that stuff but um uh that's about it in the book we, the book it'll be obvious when that comes out because I have a feeling um
0: I don't know, like a band actually. <laughs> <laughs> See, that'd be great. Controversy always helps uh, book sales.
4: <laughs> Another band thing, you know, band music band book Band the girl all together, you know.
2: <laughs> and there's uh, CafePress.com/slash Jinx Dawson and uh, Cyberstar Fashion on eBay to buy right. albums and sigils and all sorts of occult mystic- mysticism.
0: We'll throw a link up on the yeah. on the site. All right, well, real quick, Jinx, what about the guys from Led Zeppelin? Do you ever have sex with any of those guys? Wow. Jimmy Page?
4: Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've made clothes for Jimmy Page. <laughs> yeah, that guy, he was I into the occult. I've made clothes for Robert P- Plant. Um, Robert Plant and I had quite an, an, an interesting... Uh, a uh, little meeting at one point, but that's going to have to wait and you'll have to read that's gonna it. That's going to be in the
0: book. book. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to have to check out that book. Well, have a happy Halloween and uh, thanks for being on the show. Well, it's thank you, you and
4: hails and so might it be and I hope I see you both soon.
0: Hales Jinx. Yeah, hails, Jinx. Well, yeah, hopefully we'll see you at your show.
4: Well, good evening to both of you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Want
1: to add a little spice to your sex life? Go to adamande.com You'll get 50% off your purchase Free shipping Two adult DVDs And a product so sensual We can't even mention it on this podcast No, no Just type the coupon code DIDDLE Upon checkout
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> so, Harrison, we got a few phone calls to get to. 206 666 3846 is that number. Um, I don't know if these are all Halloween themed phone calls, but we got, we got a few phone calls actually. Um, it's in reference to Steel. Like, apparently, yeah, uh, there are some people that are offended by steals. So we're going to play some of those. But first, um, this call was great. This guy called, like, I don't know, eight times. He left some messages that were, like, ten minutes long. And people, you know the rule. We're, we're not going to play a, a message on the show if it's over three minutes. So if it's it's three minutes in length, there's a good chance you're going to play it. But if you call on, it'll leave this rambling you know, drug-induced message, you know, practically incoherent. For that could last for like ten minutes. We're not going to play it. We'll listen to it. We'll probably laugh about it, but we're not going to play it. But this guy um, did leave one message that uh, that fit within our time restraints, and uh, it's a message for you, Harrison.
2: I, I love attention, positive or negative. So let's uh, let's hear
0: this.
5: Hey guys, this is uh, Butt Sucker Ninety Nine.
0: It's a, it's a uh, great th- moniker, butt sucker ninety nine. Yeah, I'm sure the chicks love that on yep. Facebook. Do you it. think that's like his Tinder pro, like his Tinder profile, <laughs> like butt ninety nine? Yeah, I think so. It would work yeah. on Grinder. Like it Vincent would. Price would be all over that. Ooh, butt sucker. <laughs> you know, but I think on Tinder they might pass. Yeah.
5: I've Been listening to you guys for a few years now, and this message is mostly for Harrison. I'd just like to say that uh, I think you should be ashamed of yourself for trying to fill Mr. Lance Wackerley's shoes. Oh, my. You
0: should be ashamed. For shame. The man is a
5: god. Okay. He's a god.
0: He's a god. He's a god. He's a god. Is this the guy from the B-52 is calling him? (laughs) I think this is Fred Schneider.
2: I've got a Chrysler. It's as big as a whale. And, um...
5: That's what I thought after listening to the first episode or two, but, uh, you know what? After, after a few more, I gotta say, um, I think, I think you're a funny guy,
2: <laughs> Harrison. Okay.
0: It's gotta make you feel good. No. It does actually. It's nice. It's
2: nice. Some, some yeah. validation. Going yeah. A little on bit of validation. Sense. A little bit with a lot of pauses in there. You know, <laughs> I have but. a pregnant pauses yeah, for yeah. A dramatic effect. Right. Oh, I
5: don't want you to get too cocky.
0: Keep him in check.
5: You're never going to fill Mr. Lance Waxley's shoes.
0: Well, no, the man's a god.
5: I think you got some potential, buddy. Okay? <laughs> so I want you to keep going. I want keep you on to keep it. going because I think you're a funny guy. But if you ever god damn if you ever think you can fool Mr. Lance Wackerly's shoes you should be ashamed of yourself the man is a god
0: <laughs> and so uh, it goes on like yeah, this for the next like much. five minutes or something back and forth yeah. of, of him being like I like you but you're no Lance Wackerly. the man's a god mm-hmm. you know I'm not disagreeing with that Wackerly is godlike in many ways um but I think you found yourself a he new is worshipped here. by
2: uh a lot of people in Indonesia from what I hear.
0: I I think this guy probably has a Wackerly shrine Mm. covered in ejaculate. Well, I mean,
2: I'll say this guy, what my, you know, first stepmother said to me that, look, I'm not here to replace your mother. I'm just here
0: to fuck your father
2: and eventually take
0: half of his money. (laughs) Wait a second. I thought you told me it said, she said, if it feels like more than two fingers, it's probably a dick. She said that too. Okay, she had a right, lot of really helpful advice from me. That's great. <laughs> no, but you know, you bring up an interesting point. A few other people called in. You know, Harrison's not a replacement for Wackerly. Wackerly quit the show because he didn't want to do it anymore. So either the show ends or we start a new thing. And this is a new thing. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's working. It's fun. Brand new thing. Brand new thing. Sick and Wrong 2.0. So I, I don't really see you trying to fill Wackerly's shoes. You're totally mm-hmm. different. You know, but it's like a different era of sick and wrong. And I think a lot of people are like realizing, you know, are coming around. They're like, yeah, uh, obviously he's not wackily.
2: Plus, as I've mentioned, I have huge Nasratu feet, so they wouldn't even fit in the fucking shoes anyway.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure what uh, wackily shoe size is, mm-hmm. but I think the guy wears sandals and I don't think you're the sandal type. I'm not. Anyway, that dude called back like seven times. Mm. So um, I might uh, play some of those, uh, some clips from it at the end of the show because there's something going on there. There's there's something unhinged. I'm not quite sure what it is, but there's there's a couple of screws loose. Butt sucker ninety nine. I like where it's going. Butt sucker ninety nine. We'll keep on going, Harrison. I will, and, and get but, a good thing going. And, and butt sucker ninety nine. You keep it going too. You got potential. He sees potential in you, kid. That's great. I mean, nobody nobody else did. So let's let's do this. So the the next call here is uh, the first of uh, someone who's like that just doesn't like steel for some reason. I imagine steel probably has a lot of detractors. There's probably a lot of people, a lot of enemies of steel. A polarizing He's a polarizing figure. I mean, you look at him, he's abrasive. It's, you know, it's not, you have, you don't even know the guy, but I mean, mm. you've heard his uh his thing, you know, his act, and uh yeah, I don't I don't think it I don't think it's universally appealing. But the people that do like him are rabid. So, well, uh, let, let's find out what the deal is with uh, this caller.
5: Hey, Debbie here. Um, just listening to the latest uh, podcast, and a uh, caller called in and talked about how he didn't want John Steele to be on the call, on the show, as a regular guest. And you know what? I agree 100%. He's really <laughs> 100%. annoying, and <clears throat> just let me explain why I think that he's annoying. So if you said you had a really good meal, he'd say, ooh, my meal was way better. <laughs> if you said you did a really big poo, he'd say, oh, did a really big poo.
0: It's a it's hell of a always impression. Always about Harrison.
5: Not liking him, Miss Wackily, but Harrison, you're pretty good. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong.
0: Bye. Wow, you got two fans now. Pretty, pretty good. You're pretty good. Yeah. You're not Wackily, but yeah. you're pretty good. I, I can like live that, with that. I like that steel impression. That's not my st- my steel impression. Would be like, oh, you took a big poo. Well, look at my poo. Absolutely, it's bigger. Like like Steel uses the term absolutely. Yeah. Um, But I don't don't see Steele as being like a, you know, like it's like brinksmanship. I don't think he's like trying to one-up people. Steele's an interesting guy. He's like, uh, you know, he's got a lot of weird stories. But I don't think he's like in competition with somebody. I've never never felt that way about that guy. But, you know, I can see see him rubbing some people the wrong way. Emphasis on rubbing. Um, This next guy calls in and this is another like... uh, This guy actually analyzes why he doesn't like Steele. So this is the...
1: Deal. Hey, what's happening? I just want to tell you I'm responding to the one guy who made the phone call about steel. All right, I agree. Steel can be annoying.
0: What accent is this? I'm just curious. Mm, I'm not sure. Okay. okay, it sounds to me it's like Midwest. yes yeah, it's you know, like Indiana Chicago, Chicago, Indiana, Indiana yeah. That yeah. Thing, something like that.
1: Only when you talk to him ab- about what you recorded. What I want to say is, like, I'm down with it. It's great. I love that Steele's going to be a part of the show, but please don't talk to him. Don't call his rant and talk to him about his rant because he just ran a war, and it was like three rants about the same thing for 10 minutes, and I was getting angry. But like, if you want to play a segment and then be like, "Hey man, you got any wrap-up ideas?" But so please don't fucking ever pause it again and just give us him reiterating himself again. All right. But other than that, I love the fucking show. You guys rock. Keep it fit, Keep it wrong.
0: So, so this guy called back though with a part two. Okay, Let's hear that.
1: Up, D and Harrison. I just want to call and say I'm so glad that you guys, that that Sick and Wrong is back. And I want to say, Harrison, you're doing a fucking awesome job. I like you already. I was a little nervous. I was telling my wife. I was like, I don't know, you know. this is. know about that guy. But, you know, fuck Wax. Harrison, I feel like you've been here the whole time. I love you, man. Keep it up. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Fuck you guys.
0: All right. Well, that's the attitude. That's great. That's the attitude that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. I like to hear. Um, You know, it's interesting. Thank you for the feedback with the uh, Fistful of Steel. You know, we've done one. And uh, honestly, like, it, it's it's an interesting way to structure that segment. Mm. Because the idea is Steel rants on his Facebook page. He makes these, like, really kind of meandering rants that are just, you know, vitriol for no apparent reason. It's just like his randomly plays vitriol against something that pisses him off. So he, he makes these rants and he's recording them. And they play them on the show, and much like uh, like uh, those sports center shows or whatever, they'll play a clip, and then they'll talk about the clip. So we're not like you know ranting again. It's uh, the idea was you know he's playing this rant, and then at the end of the rant, we're gonna be. I was like, why did you think that?
2: And even the one you put on, you, you
0: edited that quite a bit, didn't you? I you know I edited some of it. Yeah. Yeah, like I uh, I, I think we we did like four or something. I cut it down to three. Or something like that. But, but I think the idea behind it is, you know, what's the thought process behind you even recording this? You know, and, or what, what inspired you? And, and so that's the idea. It's not like, uh, I, believe me, I'm the last one that's like, oh, I want to trigger another rant. Right. Because you never know how long it's going to last. And we're all, about, uh, we're all about time here. Continuity. Um, but anyway, thank you for the feedback. And uh, yeah, Steel's going to be back next week, so uh, you guys can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> Fistful of Steel will be... But it's a monthly segment. You know, It comes on. If you don't want to listen to it, don't listen to it. I mean, I like Steel.
2: He's kind of like the Andy Rooney of the Aryan Brotherhood or something like that. Yeah, you know? He's an interesting
0: guy. Yeah. He really he's an interesting guy. So uh, anyway, people call the show 206-666-3846. Um, Harrison's doing a panel this week at kamikaze. Actually it's... this is by the time the show comes out, it will have already happened. Oh, okay, all right. Know. Well, uh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess if you saw the uh the, the or if you listen to the show last week, then you would have been able to catch the panel. Um this is like that did you ever say don't, that Mr. Showbit? <laughs> it was like the pre taped call in show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay. For the
2: love of
0: God, don't call in a talk about the elderly. (laughs) Kamikaze was last week. Uh, This week is Halloween. Next week we're talking about pets. Okay. (laughs) But yeah. So uh, Kamikaze. Good luck with that, there, Harrison. Thank you. You know, uh, I'm hoping that uh, I hope you get some uh, phone numbers of sexy ladies because they're gonna be like, oh my God, this guy's moderating something. I'm moist now.
2: That's what I'm hoping.
0: Yeah. You know? Uh, it's a long shot, but mm. you never know. You never know. Uh, people, I'll be traveling to Europe in like three weeks. It's kind of crazy. So uh, end of November, I'm going to be in Europe. And we're already, I've already arranged some uh, meetups with listeners in Dublin, in Glasgow, and London. So make sure you follow the Facebook page, the Stick Wrong Facebook page. And uh, I'm going to update the, the meetups. But basically, it's going to be, I think it's uh, Sunday night in Dublin, and then a then a Friday night in Glasgow and a Saturday night in London and it's going to be pretty insane. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting up with some people. And uh, finally, here, sing Wrong song of the week. We got to play a Coven song because uh, indeed we had Jinx on the show and Coven is amazing. Uh, people, if you don't if you've never listened to Coven, you should definitely check it out. And if you can actually find their vinyl, send it to me because I've been looking for years.
2: Yeah, and the the first album is uh, Witchcraft Destroys Minds and Reaps Souls. We're going to play uh, Wicked Woman off of that record. Their third record is also worth checking out, Blood on the Snow. It, it kind of... Um foreshadows the Fleetwood Mac sound of the late 70s, even though it came out in 74. Yeah, I
0: mean, it, it preceded. Uh, yeah. I mean, Fleetwood Mac was around the 60s, but then Stevie as Nicks. Buckingham Knicks yeah. Buckingham, Nicks, Buckingham yeah. was yeah. late 70s. So you can kind of see, mm. like, uh, Coven is a very influential band. Mm. But the thing is with uh, Witchcraft Destroys Minds, wasn't there, like, a naked chick on the cover? Isn't that Jinx? On the back cover. No, it's not her. Oh, she I always was thought at, it was. Ironically,
2: she was actually too self-conscious to be to be the she like she was too self-conscious about her body to be the naked woman, even though she had an amazing. Yeah, yeah, body. yeah. yeah. she was super hot. Yeah. Too.
0: wow. Huh? Just goes to show you. Anyway, it's know. a yeah, it's a classic record. So we're gonna play Wicked Woman off of that. Um, people, thanks for listening. Thanks, Jinx, for being on the show. Uh, have a happy and safe Halloween. Uh, you should you should watch out because I I, I read a report that uh, they're they're putting ecstasy. And your candy. That's bullshit. <laughs> Could you imagine how awesome that would be? Yeah, I mean, that would be awesome. And it's like,
2: who's going to waste the money? You have some ecstasy, you're going to give like it to 20 kids. 20 bucks a pill? I, I don't want to give, you know what I mean? I don't even give candy to kids. I don't want to give them my drugs.
0: Yeah, Who no wants it to It makes that. no That's sense. Insane. That's but crazy. But I read this and like someone actually, I think it's like a police department, in like Mississippi, mm-hmm. I like posted that, and I was like, that would be like the best trick or treating experience of my life. It'd be great. It'd, It'd be, great. be great. So mm. hey, maybe maybe uh, go trick or treat and You'll get some uh, ecstasy. It'll be a, a a pretty rad Halloween. Anyway, people, we'll be back next week with uh, episode five oh six. Uh, until then, take a sleazy.
1: Listening to Sick and Wrong. Perfect. (laughs) So you can bank on that.